Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for Hello! Welcome to the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Season 30, Episode 18. My name is Kimmy. I'm Jason. I'm Nick. And in today's episode, Savage Stalker shares about journaling as a world-building exercise. Uh, Jan Ingle from Norway says asks about running 10 candles at a con. And James from New Jersey shares a LARPing horror story. Ooh. If you'd like to contribute a question or a topic to the show, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Um, and we could use some emails, please. So that's please, our... please emails. <laughs> <laughs> that's our announcement for the week. I feel like part of it's Discord's fault because people post topics in Discord and uh, everyone gets their fill of yeah. Uh, yeah there's like discussion. great conversation and like real time. Yeah, you know, and yeah, <laughs> we chime in sometimes. And... Yeah, I had a story that I was starting to write up as an email, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure that the person that it was about doesn't listen oh. and so i decided that i wasn't going to try and uh endanger a friendship oh oh it's that level uh-huh. uh, a- i think that person would just take the criticism poorly yeah uh-huh. and i don't i don't like it's not that bad mm-hmm. and we're not talking cheeseburgers here <laughs> what that's a very that's, old that's reference. an old reference wow, okay <laughs> you don't want to know you don't you do not want to know <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's uh, when you sock puppet it though. Right. You like. I tried to. I tried to strip oh, yeah. out as many details as I could, and it still was just like too specific. If, if if this was swapped, I would still know that this was about me, and I can't <laughs> take out any more details. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> well, now we have something fun to talk about after the show tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So join our Patreon and you can... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's, <laughs> I mean, it won't be there. You can join our Patreon. But yeah, yes. that's that, that story won't be there. That'd be fun, though. Like, host horror oh, stories we were thinking as about, like a we were thinking about Patreon reward. Patreon rewards. Maybe yeah. that's a thing to look at. I kind of That's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, please send us emails. Happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. I know everyone's really busy right now. Um, we have a few more. We have enough for like a couple more shows. We might be able to finish out season 30 with what we got, but yeah. But our actual listener numbers and downloads has gone up, so that's very exciting. Hey, which means new people to give us new emails yeah. and new horror stories. So there's more of you. So get on it. Let's get cracking, people. So make yeah. this a, you know, a two-way like participation thing where you become part of the show. It's very exciting. Immortalize yourself on Happy Jack's RPG. Yes. Uh, podcast yeah. advice thing. Joe, same thing. <laughs> Very good. We're super <laughs> professional. Amazing. All right. Well, I guess let's just get right to it then. Someone want to read the first one? Um, I, I think well, that's you because Jason wanted go, the second oh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. It has to go in order, Kimmy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Absolute animal. I wasn't paying attention when you were working. Anarchy. Pure anarchy. <laughs> Dear Kimmy and the Blue Blazer regulars, in Season 30, Episode 10, Wizard asked how deep an aspiring GM should go in creating homebrew worlds, and a great discussion happened about interweaving plots, PC and NPC connections, improve, and improving lore on the fly. 
I wanted to email in with a helpful exercise that I've been doing lately and have uh, to have ready-made locations and lore at my fingertips and help with my memory problems. I am so listening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Memory problems, yeah. you say. <laughs> <laughs> Just at me next time, yeah, why don't you? seriously. But a little backstory first. Around the holidays this past year, I started getting very depressed at the state of things and needed an outlet to just dump everything out of my head. I've never been great at journaling, but that doesn't stop my wife and I from acquiring the fanciest journals we can get to ha half feel. I, I might have written this email. Why is I a think. beautiful journal such a trap? <laughs> I, I also uh, want a beautifully bound stack of paper that I won't do anything Ever do, with. Yeah. Right. Because cause it's not good enough. Whatever you have is not good no, enough for it. That yeah. That is it. Exactly. You're one of us. Anyway, sorry. Uh, uh, Half-filled notes, RPG ideas, and that one recipe for that awesome meal we will never make again. Mm. Realizing the crushing weight of the amount of journals we had at home, we opted for to support local businesses and buy tiny pocket-sized grid pack, uh, pocket journals this holiday season, and something clicked in my head. I committed to finally filling out a journal front to back with some kind of content. So while sitting and watching our holiday rewatches of Thin Man, Lord of the Rings Extended Cut, woohoo, uh, and Die Hard, I planned out what RPG content I wanted to fill this journal with. And uh, and came up with the following template that I still use seven months later. Okay, wait, pause real quick. Okay. Can anyone tell me what a grid journal is, or should I Google it? It's a journal with grid? Grid paper instead of... Instead of oh, like... okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you asked that question, though. <laughs> it wouldn't have occurred to me that... <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. At the, top, I f uh, at the top, I fill out a location name. Usually spawned by randomization with one of the many fantasy name generator tools. Something that sparks inspiration and challenges my mind to fill in the blanks. So looking through strange fantasy names, I might find something like this. Location, the Black Widow Club. Mm -hmm. Now that I have a name, I put three asterisks on the page and write out three single sentence facts about the location or area in broad strokes. Something that gets right to the heart of what the place is famous for or known or known or known dangers. Location, the Black Widow Club. Asterisk one. A club with dancers and live music by monstrous spider beings. Second one. Apart from drinking in company, the drug Mother's Venom is sold and administered in private rooms. I immediately need to know more. Yes. I know. I read through this. It's actually pretty cool. It's really cool. Three, dabbling in the criminal underworld, the Black Widow's Club's spies and assassins are for hire. You know what kind of dancing they do at the Black Widow Club? Club? Edder Capoeira. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to... I'm taking a drink. I'm sorry. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Now that I have a pretty good idea of what happens here or what's important here, I move on to places and write out three notable or important places at the location. Uh, first one, the nest. Bar and performance hall where the silk dancers twist and wind above patrons. That is so cool. Uh, two, the mother's fangs, a private room where mother's venom is given to paying customers through spider bites. Three, feeding room. Those who fall on the wrong side of the Black Widow Club's uh, club feed mo uh, feed mothers young. Next, I move on to people. Three important figures and a brief description that inspires and motivates play. Um, uh, their Rannick's uh, Silk Song. Mother to her children, the beautiful spider mother runs and sees all. 
Mistfang, unseen spiderling assassin who bit, uh, whose bite can petrify a victim in seconds. And then Dro Morning Glow, dark, uh, dr- dark elf guard whose keen eyes spot trouble before it ever comes knocking. Finally, I add three things that could be found here or items that are unique to the location. Silk ropes, nearly unbreakable and smooth as fine dressed fabric. Mother's harp, she plays it to ease her children. Uh, uh, with a harp as deadly as she is. And then bone mush. When a victim is all but spent, their mushy remains are dumped. The small size of these journals forces me to get to the point and limits what I can put down without running out of room for other entries. By keeping it down to three entries per topic and only describing the details using one sentence, the single page entries are great as a skeleton for an interesting location that players can build on with their own backstories and role play. What happens when paladins Get, uh, when a paladin gets addicted to Mother's Venom. What uh, was the fighter's missing sister last seen here and kicking the nest is their only way to get answer- answers? The daily fantasy location entries have helped a lot with my daily mental health. Every day I get excited for my lunch hour when I can munch on some snacks and think about a crazy fantasy location where adventure and excitement awaits. I'm proud to say that I'm three quarters of the way through my holiday journal and every page is a new place that I can pick up and drop into my future games. All of this to, all of this to say, next time you're looking to dig a, deep into the lore of your homebrew world, maybe grab a journal. Sit down with your favorite beverage and just let the small places and people come to you. Worry about the big strokes later and brew up some fun places where danger and excitement are willing to be explored. Thanks for all the great advice. Savage Starker, OTHP, PS Drink, PPS Abortion Rights or Human Rights. Oh, Huzzah! Also, I believe we should use the Star Wars pronunciation, Savage Starker. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> this is a, such a great idea. Yes. Um, like you've got your location, you've got like places, like 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 details of this location. You've got people there, and you've got like like details or things there. Yeah. And it's just like three of each. Like this is journaling I might be able to do. And yeah, what I'm so thrilled about this is you know I'm such a I'm so resistant to over prepping or mid prepping or under prepping <laughs> even. Um, which is not always to my benefit, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm in the moment, and like if I had just written down a name, the scene would go more smoothly. Yeah. Right? But I, I am always hesitant to, you know, over prep and steamroll what the characters want to be doing and have it not tie in. But this is so much information that's really helpful, but it leaves, you know, when I was like, oh, put down three facts about the club. Well, what if that, you know, ends up railroading too much of the story? Like, a club with dancers and live music by monstrous, monstrous spider beings. That's not too much information. I could easily slot in whatever. Or if this, if our story doesn't go to the Black Widow Club, okay, then I'll go to one of the other places that I right. thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really like this level of prep. Like, I'm going to try this. I had done almost this level of stuff in thinking about um, the, the place we just wound up in... in um, Fantasy Pirates. What's it called? Castoffs. Yes. Um, the name you came up with. Yep. Yep. Uh, the, the the place they just wound up, I had listed a few facts like this for myself, but it wasn't organized in this way. And I'm just going to go back through and think about several of the places there. Like, 
they're they're here. They're at that place, right? I I can make some information for them to mm-hmm. stumble across. That's sometimes one of the really fun things in an RPG is just kind of discovering what's there and having some back and forth with the players and the GM and um yeah, sometimes a little structure is good. Yeah, I feel like this is like the exact right amount of detail. Yeah. And also lack of detail. Yes. I I feel like I really like this, and I'm probably, A, going to probably yoink this entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea also is is stellar, in my opinion. Um, I feel like this is enough information for me to have an idea of what the club looks like in my head already, based on what little was there. But it's not so much that your players are going to feel like they can't add anything to the scene. So, like, if a player tells me, oh, yeah, the go-go cage, I'm going to go do something on there, and I don't have that in the notes, but... Sounds like they'd probably have one, so cool. I'm down with that. Let's let's roll with it. Yeah. yeah. And um, but but even just like having a couple of people, like a couple of names that are down here. So when you need someone who's like, hey buddy, you shouldn't be here, yeah. you can be like, oh, that's probably, you know, Dro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um also, uh, Kimmy, what do you think? It, it, c- can I uh drop this template into the show notes for like the YouTube and the Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be great. Cool. So, folks, this this template's fantastic. I, I think Savage wants us to share this. So, um, yeah, I'll add that to the show notes when I export it later. Yeah. I, I also like the, the note about helping with the daily mental health because yeah. this is the sort of thing that even if you weren't doing it at lunch, if you have a job where you've got a little bit of downtime, you could bang out a couple of these points while you're waiting for your next call or the next spreadsheet or whatever it is you do. Um like that that seems great yeah. and it gives you all these interesting thought ideas like what happens when the paladin gets addicted you know all these little things that can a help keep you entertained but also keep up the excitement that you have for the campaign and nothing is better for a campaign than enthusiasm and excitement true it's also really critical i'm glad you pointed that out it's like uh, sometimes being creative feels like this huge daunting mountainous task and if you don't do all of it all at once then it's not good enough or it's not done or there's no point in starting yeah. at least that's where i get hung up a lot sure and um finding like i I make little tasks for myself sometimes i um, okay, i'm just gonna write the intro to this or i'm gonna outline this other thing that i'm working on and those little bite-sized chunks are what keep me moving forward and then sometimes just the momentum from well, I wrote the outline, but now I'm all jazzed up and I got to I got to write more. Right. And sometimes it's just that anticipation or, the you know, thinking about it ahead of time that I don't want to do it, where if I just start, I love it. Yeah. I love doing it. I love writing and using something like this. Just to get started. Yeah. Is like a, this is so simple and great. I love it. Yeah. Having something where there's like bullet points for me to fill out or blanks or something like if I just have a blank, empty page, I feel this pressure to fill the play, the page and what I fill the page with has to be good because oh, you right. spent a page in your journal. How and this dare is... you? <laughs> How dare you at me in the middle of our show? <laughs> but right. I mean, like we all kind of, and that's why these beautiful journals we buy stay empty mm. because nothing I can think of is worthy of this beautiful journal that I bought. So having this like very like set template where it's like, okay, all I need is like, a part of a sentence, like an idea, like there's bullet points. So it still looks nice in this beautiful journal I bought, but I don't have to like 
write the next great American novel, like on the page to make it worthwhile is like such a relief. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, I know my students often feel that way. If you're just like, okay, take notes on this, like write this down, you know, give them a blank page. They're like, I don't know what to write, but you're like, you know, idea number one, like any kind of a, a graphic organizer, like really helps people be more creative because it like helps compartmentalize. And it sort of ties into what we've had, the conversation we've had with um, like uh, game systems that limit you and how that actually makes you more creative sometimes because yep. yep. you are like, are limited. So in these parameters, come up with something. So instead of trying to think of the coolest thing in all the universe with every possibility, you're like, what is the coolest idea in these parameters? Yeah. I, I actually get feedback from my technology students in this the, the one class that I have them write essays. It's this very structured five paragraph essay of intro, argument, argument, call to action, outro. Yeah. You, you know, and they're the, the feedback I always get is like, it's so nice to know exactly what I'm supposed to do for this essay. Because sometimes prompts are and then sometimes educationally wise, they need to be vague and open ended. And that's fine. But the, the one that I do has given some relief to my students in that they're like okay i know exactly what to do now i can be like creative within this very clear guideline i yeah. bet they use that as a template for other classes too i know i certainly would have if 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 that had been a, a guide for me absolutely um i really like this for another reason and that is because some of the uh another piece of advice that i had uh read about and uh tried to give as well is using index cards to do your to do your notes and things like this and a these are small enough to fit on index cards and honestly would be a way that they actually kind of make sense and are organized because by the time i've written a whole bunch of stuff on the index card it's illegible from this sort of rambling oh and then this and maybe an arrow to, to that right. thing but this just goes boom 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 you can have all the answers right there and then when people say hey we're going to the Black Widow Club. Boom. You just grab that card and you've got that information. Oh, we're going to the police station now. Boom. Now yeah. I've got that info right in front of me. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Oh, uh, I had another thing, but I can't think of what it was. So okay. forget about it. I was going to say it also would be great for if you use some sort of digital like thing, a spreadsheet or something like that. You have just all these different locations you've come up with and you have them categorized like like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever categorization you use for like a CD nightclub like this, mm -hmm. like CD nightclubs or whatever it is, um, you know, you can like click really quickly on, you know, if you're using Google Sheets or something and then like organize alphabetically. OK, CD nightclubs. Oh, this one. And then you have all these things right there. So that would make something like this daily writing task, even though you wouldn't be able to use a beautiful journal, which is beautiful. And I'd love that. <laughs> but like it would be something that you could literally take to, with you to every single game you run yeah and have right there and like oh take a tavern okay uh a little village okay you know and you can like do that and you have all these options like this is the exact right amount of information yeah i mean the tempting thing with using a digital tool is like oh i can i could do four things on this one like you know i think this three things is a, a good limit mm -hmm. um there's a reason why early humanity thought that as a holy number it's like a, a like perfect a number of things that the human brain can hold on to all at once you can remember lots of things but like three is a really clear like if you look at there's there's a whole bunch of research on brain scan stuff that one two three, three. crunch <laughs> exactly <laughs> third time's the chart oh i did i figured out what it was okay uh, I've solved the beautiful journal problem. Okay. 
here's what we're going to do. Ugly we're all, journals? We're all going to buy just like three ring binder, ugly journal, you know, or like spiral bound is what I mean. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we're going to do all of our notes in there. And then once the notes are there, we're going to transcribe them into oh, the God. really nice journals. Oh. So that So that like when we pass away and we've got this drawer full of really nice journals, everyone's <laughs> going to think that, oh my God, look at what they did on these wonderful journals. And they're going to feel bad because their journals yeah. aren't as good. Yeah, but that's... shh. Yeah, no one will know. And they, there's no erasing. They did it perfectly the, yeah. first, the first time. time. <laughs> I legit did that once. I started, like, I'd write it out first. And then that's why I didn't get very far journaling. I had oh, to yeah. Cause... <laughs> I, like, wrote it out. And then I was writing in this beautiful, like, eighth grade cursive mm. in the actual journal. Oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> actually ran in. I actually found it while we were, I was cleaning this summer. And I'm just like, ah. Oh, my profound eighth grade thoughts. Uh, oh. oh, yeah. Oh. oh, God. Okay, put this back. I read some stories that I wrote way back, yeah. way back then. I was like, oh, I was not the literary genius that I thought I was. No. <laughs> but you also weren't afraid to just write down pointless tripe. Right. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you felt so good about what you're doing at the time. Yeah, no fear. True, then true. Adulthood. <laughs> um, All right. Speaking of one, two, three, two, two. Um, greetings from Norway, all you happy jackers. Hello. I've been listening to the podcast for a couple years now, and I've heard mails from Swedes and Danes, but can say uh, I can't say I remember hearing any from Norway. Uh, so I finally decided to do something about that. Well, hey, thank you. Well done. Skull. Proactive. No, that's at the end. Oh. Uh, I'm part of the group organizing a small con in Horten, Norway. It's called Midgard Con. That's amazing. Excellent name. And it's held in a reconstruction of a Viking longhouse called Gildenhallen. Hell yeah. Yes. What? When when is this exactly? I want to go there. (laughs) Do you need celebrity guests? I know people and can also pay for my ticket. Of course there's a strong Viking theme to the con. Side note, check out pictures link. I'll put those in the show notes, too. Oh. Yeah. Um, so for three, unless they're inappropriate, I will decide later whether they go in the show notes. <laughs> so for three days, we will play board games and TTRPGs surrounded by people dressed as Vikings, and it will be good. God damn it. I'm yeah. going. Yeah. Let's, honestly, write, it, write in again. Let us know when. Yeah. Because you might get a bunch of happy jackers uh, deciding that uh, we're going to sign up and come. It's like. Looking up Midgard. This might be a little bit of an older email. Well, well yes. Maybe then if it was as awesome year. as, as we're putting it. Yes. Yeah. Next year. I'll be Googling this in a moment. Yes. <laughs> um, I haven't tried my hand as a GM there yet, but this year I heard myself say, well, I can run a Viking themed 10 candles session. Hell yes, you can. It was only later it hit me. I haven't even played 10 candles before. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Is in the text. Thank you for writing the Foley directions in. I haven't even GM'd at a con before, nice. so I'm a little stressed. But I wonder if you wonderful people, who who are they talking to? I don't know. Okay, well, someone. sorry, sorry, it's only us this week. Um, <laughs> so I wonder if you or wonderful people have any tips for me, both on running ten candles and running at a con. I'm a bit worried about getting players who don't get that it's not a game where you win or even survive. I'm a bit nervous that I'll get a group of people coming straight from a D&D table, ready to kill them and banish the darkness and not knowing how to change their minds. 
the group will be playing inhabitants of a small Viking village when the darkness comes. Huddling in their longhouse lit torches, lit with torches, there is talk about the ravens flying away before the darkness and that someone is sure there have to be more people in Kaupang. Is this Ragnarok? Or have even the gods abandoned them? I got goosebumps. Hopefully this won't end up as a horror story on your podcast. <laughs> Interesting. The next letter we have is also from Norway. Mm. And, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep up the amazing show. I've learned so much listening to you. Waves in Norwegian. Jan from Norway. Uh, rogue librarian in the discords. Skull. 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 I'm sorry, Jan Eagle. I, I don't know how to say the second part of your name. I apologize. Um, so, so I like at first first that this sounds like it's the prequel to Beowulf. This is the part where Grendel is breaking into all the buildings and <laughs> yeah. dragging people out because they're because they're noisy. Yeah, and you know you're waiting for a hero. Yeah, I legit got goosebumps when he like with that part where it's like, is this Ragnarok or even have the gods abandoned? I was like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. I. I love Ten Candles. I've yeah. only played it a couple times. Yeah, same. And you would think the second time w would be diminished. I think I talked about this last week or like two weeks ago. Um, the second time, in the middle of the game, I it left my mind that we couldn't possibly survive. Right. That's the point of the game, is you are going to die. Um, and the story is how. But... In the middle of that second game, where I should definitely know better, <laughs> I experienced a moment of hope that we might make it. And then that was crushed. Mm -hmm. And the whole story was that much more momentous yeah. and and valuable to me. <clears throat> but but I, I totally get where you're coming from, setting this up for a bunch of con-goers. Um, one thing I will say about running 10 Candles specifically is like you're saying all you can do is be clear be clear be clear yeah this is a game where you all will die yeah. you all die at the end there is no other option mm -hmm. this is the game yeah right i feel like you have to say that in person though because there's going to be a certain mindset that if you put in the description oh yeah I mean everyone's going everyone's going to die like there's some people are right. going to be like well that's a challenge like yeah. it sounds like you're going into the dungeon of dread and everyone will die right no, I, I, yeah, in person, at the table, which unfortunately might be, you know, okay, well, somebody signed up and they didn't totally get it, but it's still better to tell, like, have them get it then mm -hmm. than partway through yeah. and, and have them really understand, like, that's not the point of this story. The yeah. point is how do, how do we get there, yeah. right? What is What happens between right. here and there? Yeah. Um, it needs to be on the sign-up description and really clearly and, and saying, like, this is a story. Uh, this is a story about a bunch of doomed people, and right. how they reach that doom. This is not a challenge. Yeah. Right. This is this is how the game is played. Yes. Literally, then, no one survives. Yeah. And then at the end, or and then um, like also at the table, just like reiterate, hey, again, this is the story of a bunch of doomed people. There's no actual way that you can win. Like, this is the winning part. Is like telling a really badass story. Yeah. Which it will be. The the one thing that I so I, I've only played Ten Candles once, uh, and I've never run it. And the and the person who ran it was was great. Like I I don't have any complaints about that. It seems to me that as a system, because everyone dies 
throughout the throughout the game, I feel like you really have to be careful walking a line about being arbitrary. Like, like to me, I don't know how you would pay off really good and clever ideas that then you still have to kill off those people because it would worry me that you're just sort of like, well, I added more monsters or the darkness got darker sort of thing. And that can feel, I think it's all about buy-in. I think if people are totally into the game, Mm -hmm. they're not going to feel that way. But if you're, but if you're not, I guess if you're just coming at it with that mindset of we can we can win, it is going to feel like rocks fall, everybody dies. Yeah. yeah. The, the the thing about Ten Candles is, first off, read the book. It's really easy to run and read the book. And as you sit and run it, just have the book with you. It's written yeah. really clearly. There's some it's really good do. guidance in yeah. how to and do it, it. Yeah, and it's written... Uh, in a way that you can literally just like have it open and follow along and and run it for the first time. And it's pretty seamless. Um, But it's about that mounting tension. So as you have the 10 candles lit at the beginning and slowly as you see them blow out and as you get down to them, that's the real story is like the mounting tension. And they do stuff and, oh, hey, okay, that candle didn't go out. Good job. Like, or, oh, no, it didn't went out anyway. Oh, you closed your book too fast. And that one went out, even though it had nothing to do with the story. Good luck. Like, so that, it, it, if you just follow the directions, it builds tension so, so well. Um, and and there's just kind of that, that buy-in because of that. It's almost, it's like seeing a countdown timer. Mm. Like, humans just have a, a visceral reaction, an emotional reaction to that happening. So there's this visual cue that does a lot of your work for you as a GM. Um, so you just really have to kind of like take their ideas, weave it into the story because it's about making a badass story. And as their tension grows, like just like weaving all that stuff together into like this magical little story where like everyone meets a terrible end or less terrible end, depending. But Okay, so part two of the question I think is tricky mm-hmm. because... Uh, one of the things I really enjoyed, I, I played this in someone's home both times. Mm-hmm. I think one was my own, one was someone else's, but like we actually turned off all the lights. Yeah. And there were literally 10 candles. And by the way, you got to get the little tea lights, not just 10 random candles, yeah. because part of it is the candles will just burn down on their own within a couple hours. Yeah. And that's part of it. Um, so that little physical component, it, it really is like it's, it's, you know, you could take a game like Dread that was supposed to use Jenga Tower. And you can revamp it to kind of do a D20 thing. Same with um, the the Starcrossed mm-hmm. uh, game, which was also meant to use the Dread mechanic. Mm. Um, th- but there is a way to do it with D20s, and it's really cool. I, I like it a lot. But um, 10 candles doesn't work that great without the candles and without darkness. Uh, so and, a- and quiet, I would imagine. Yeah. Like you have to be isolated a little bit so that you can... I feel like it'd be really hard to get in the mood of 10 candles if you're sitting at a table and there are three other tables who are, you know, yelling and yes. destroying stuff. So I, I also would say at the con, see if you can reserve a single table room somehow. Uh, that's that's the, the minimum. Don't don't try to take it to someone's hotel room because that could get weird or people could be uncomfortable, understandably. But Well, they're in this giant, like, Viking lodge. Yeah. So I feel like that could help, especially because you're running running a game of that theme. So if you can get a table off to the side, you might still be able to make that work. 
it is supposed to be played in darkness. That is part of the rules. Um, I have played 10 Candles in not darkness, and it has worked. You have to have buy-in. Mm. I wasn't playing in a fucking like set for the where we were. <laughs> so that might be amazing. Um, but yeah, definitely don't go to a hotel room. But like like have that 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 knowledge when you're when you're planning, because that, that is an important piece, is the darkness. If you can find an alcove or an yeah. office somebody could give up for a couple hours, something, um, it, it will be worth the little bit of trouble it takes yeah. if you can find it. I mean, you could still run the game. Like Kimmy said, you, it doesn't have to be. You could just have the candles and have, if you have the right kind of candles and just let them burn down or blow out or whatever, that's fine. But having it get darker and darker feeds a big part of the story and making use of that is great. You know, everyone experiences that differently. But if you can get it, that's yeah, that's really nice. One thing as someone who worked in event planning for a while, you need to check with your um, event space and see if they allow actual oh, candles. Oh, flame. Yeah. yeah, a lot of places do not allow live flame. Um, if you Google online, there are people who've come up with alternatives for 10 candles. I haven't seen one that seems like it would work for me, like the same way, because there's like timers and stuff, but it's the, the wow. unpredictability of the candles is part of the cool part of it. And that fact that if you, oh man, I can't believe you, you know, you do a big gesture and it blows yeah. a candle out. Yeah, I had one go out when somebody rolled the dice yeah. and it bumped a candle and knocked it out. And we were like, oh, should we relight that? And the guy running it was like, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> That's not how this works. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Yeah. So double check that before you, um, before you like sign up and run the game and everything. Because if they don't allow live flame, then you could have a big problem. Is so in the game that I in the game that I was in the, it's what is it, game master, just I don't know, game runner, there's yeah. a storyteller or something, had us all go record like a final message on oh, our yeah. phone. Is that is yep. that part of the yep. mechanics? Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do a little voice memo. Mm -hmm. Then you have to um, make everyone go away for that. They can't hear each other. Yes. Right. So it, it just follow the directions. It's a really, really well laid out game. Uh, it has a lot of things in common with Alice is Missing. Like yeah. really cool elements where people do something at the beginning that then pays off big at the end. And you're like, and every time, I don't know how it's like, you know, you get the end and you listen to the voice messages that people recorded like hours before, before any of this happened. And you're like, Oh wow, that's so good! It, it it's so perfect, and I don't know how it's perfect every time, but it is. It's really great. Um, but yeah, you do want to. You probably should also um, listen uh, list that in your description that you need to bring a phone or something for a recording device. Nowadays, that's not a big deal, um, but just in case someone doesn't have a phone, I don't know. Or if there's a immersion issue with the event, I don't think so because it's a con. But yeah. you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, when I played at a convention, um, they had us just like, okay, everyone, we're going to take a break. We know that you did like your first part of the setup. Then everyone, he was like, okay, we'll take a break. Everyone go get a drink or a snack or whatever. And also you need to record this. So we all just kind of went to different parts of the convention. Found the long we, house. We here for, for listeners, amazing. we just went ahead and took a quick look at uh, Midgard Con. And if they allow live flame, it would be a stellar location to run yeah. this. So if, if you already did it, we hope it was awesome because we're it. imagining it being being fantastic. Yeah. Oh, another option too. It's very low light in there. It's like this big like wooden building with like low light and like mood lighting. It's it's really nice. Uh, you also might be able to request a like midnight game, you know, where most of the people have checked out 
and okay the place isn't empty and it's not silent but you could get a Close, section closer, of it yeah. right and and it it just i i think it's also okay to say the 10 candles isn't the best con game yeah right that's like absolutely i love it the yeah. game is outstanding and going to cons is fun too playing games at cons, and it's it's awesome that you want to share this game with people um and take the risk, like you said, you know, if a, if a table full of, like, competitive D&D tourney, uh, you know, championship players are there, they might not totally grok what you're talking about and take it as a challenge. And you just have to be super upfront about yeah. that and, and super clear, like, you are doomed. Yeah. <laughs> That's, this is not a challenge or a dare, like. Yeah. This is a story of doomed people. Yeah, this is right. building the story. And but honestly, if it was gonna work in any place that like up inside with lights on, it would work in that place. Yeah. You may also I have no idea what the weather right now is in Norway. Sorry. Like I'm trying to survive hundred plus degree weather here in California right now. So but um it may be an option to play outside. So that might be an mm, option too. Like nighttime, yeah. Yeah, like if you have a, an evening time slot or afternoon time slot. Or whatever time it gets dark there right now. <laughs> that, the that... experienced world traveler says Happy Jacks. <laughs> well, I have. I just like don't know precisely right oh, now. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this says Midgard Con 2022 is September 30th to October 2nd. Oh. So it's oh. still upcoming. And it's... Did, did I hear that right? It's long? Uh, no, it's three days. Three days. Okay. okay. Or four days. But right. uh, also there are tickets available. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, an yeah. unofficial call to action. <laughs> yeah. Sponsor Happy Jack so we can get tickets. No, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not above being sponsored, and I would be happy to attend as your special guest. Clarifying, <laughs> we would never use Patreon money to buy tickets somewhere. Just oh, so no, 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 no. <laughs> But yeah, if you were like, hey, I happen to be independently wealthy and will pay for Happy Jacks to go to Norway <laughs> to play in this con, I would not say, I might, I don't know if I, I well, don't know. I mean. You, you would at least consider it. I would consider it. I and I'd go. buy a really great respirator. Yeah. I would go. Maybe an air. No game. questions. Yeah. I would true. go. Yeah. yeah, I would go. I'd be right. But I also don't have a, you know, a lot of like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I have fun. to find someone to watch my cats. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that was great. I, and please, please, horror story, success story, somewhere in between. Please, please write, take pictures. I'm, I am dying to problem. know how this goes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And if you decide to switch up and run a different game, that's cool too. Um, the very first game I ever GM'd was a convention game. It can be done. It can be done well. Are um, you joking? Nope. That's a nightmare. <laughs> It was, nope, it was great. Wild, wild talents, right? Yeah. It was Why like, are you still doing this? <laughs> I, I was really lucky. Like, I'd been on the podcast. I, I like, had done all this stuff, and I... Uh, oh, you had played a bunch. Oh, I played a bunch, yeah. Okay. It was just my first time GMing. Right, okay. And okay. I had gone to conventions before a little bit and played a little bit, but I much prefer to, to GM at conventions instead of play. Like, it is it is something really I interesting. much prefer. I think I'm a control freak, and like I know I'm gonna have a good time if I GM. Huh? <laughs> Where if I and I try not to sign up for like friends games because I feel guilty taking a slot in a game where I could play with them somewhere else. So yeah. I never I try not to sign up for Happy Jacks games unless there's like an open spot right as the game's starting at conventions. So I end up signing up for Strangers games, which is like the roulette of game time. Right. But it's like if I run this game, no matter who shows up, I think I can do a good job and I can still have a good time. And if Actually, anything else, I could learn something. 
I was just going to say, I actually did the same thing. And the only time I was signing up for the Happy Jacks games for people I know was when I was just barely in the door of being <laughs> of being a member. Uh-huh. Mm. So it was like, okay, I'm still, you know, I, I don't feel bad about this. I'm still on the outside looking in. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, I, I don't, I, I don't. Begrudge people who yeah, do Yeah, I don't begrudge anyone who does, but. As someone who's kind of in charge of it and gets to cast the shows, and I'm like, I'll, I'll put myself in that game. Like, I feel a little bit manipulative to then also at cons be like, I'm going to bang myself in that game. Right. I love the kind of in charge. Okay, well, now I'm officially, like, totally in charge. 100%. I was uh, totally in charge before I had to kind of pretend I wasn't. <laughs> but, uh... But, by the way, anyone listening, once we got started on the whole topic of Vikings, Kimmy went and got the yes. uh, rights or Ragnarok uh shield for the shield maiden yeah well this was that was like what my viking shield two two years ago no that was pre it was pre-pandemic right yeah that was uh that was the 2016 election Mm. okay it was a long time right oh god (laughs) before times (laughs) yeah and we still don't have equal rights for everyone no uh you know but i'm wearing i'm carrying my viking shield in honor of this email Plus, I I just I did a really good job painting it. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. It's and a great prop. It looks like wooden planks, yeah. and it has the different like uh, gender and gender com combina- You know, it's like all gender, all love. You know, everything yeah. is. And it's based on um, Lagatha's shield from. Yeah. Um, yeah, from the Viking shield. It's very cool. Anyway, I did a good job. It looks it looks like wood, even though it's like poster board. One one thing I just realized. I wonder. If people would be annoyed if you turn up to Midgard Con and ask them to play in English, like I assume oh, I know most people good... in Norway speak English. That's just math. Oh. That is true. But do they? Are they like going to this? Like, oh, cool. We can just speak Norwegian. Gotcha. Yes, us ugly Americans in yeah. this con and being like, well, you will all speak play my in language. English now. <laughs> it's like the Happy Jacks contingent in the corner playing in English. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I got to spend a week in Finland and it was lovely. Everyone spoke English. We we learned some Finnish phrases and everyone was like, that's that's okay. It's nice. <laughs> Stop watching our language. We'll use yeah. your ugly language. Yeah, that's we, we speak five languages. It's fine. <laughs> um and the, the you know, we were told it was basically true through mm-hmm. Scandinavia, but um I just it just occurred to me that like I I wonder if people would like to just sit down and play in Norwegian and not have yeah. me barging into their table. Maybe. That's true. Or maybe they have games set up as like multilingual or you have to speak Norwegian to play here because the guy running it only speaks Norwegian. Uh, the one guy in Norway who <laughs> <laughs> only speaks one language. When I went to to China, they all want to practice English. Oh. So they will come up to you and start conversations and they'll like push their children awkwardly to you to mm-hmm. have conversations. And you like talk uh, like my favorite interaction. I ended up sitting, we were flying from one part of China to the other, like on like our third day or whatever. And I sat next to this little girl and um, I, ha- I don't know why I'd, I, I'm a teacher. I had post-it notes. I don't know why I had post-it notes, but on my vacation in China, of course you had on my notes. plane <laughs> on you too, yeah, not like me. packed away. Yeah, somewhere. no, no, no. Like on me. And she and I ended up doing a thing like this game for like the whole like two hour flight where like one of us would draw a picture and would she would write the word in her in well, her language. Dictionary. Yeah, basically. And then I would write it in English and we'd like practice. That's oh, cool. neat. It was so fun. She drew this like beautiful mermaid that I still have. And like it just, she like we were just drawing like whatever we wanted and it was so much fun. It was very it was just like Oh, I love that. It's one of my best memories from from there. And like 
She like gave me a high five. I we love went. travel and nice. cultural exchange. It was anything really cool. like that. Yeah, she it's must just... have been like nine, I think. So she was about the same age as my fourth graders. Mm. My mom was like, you're such a teacher. I'm like, so are you. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Right, Hasn't so, she been okay. a teacher for like 30 years or something? Oh, she retired when she'd been teaching for 38 years. Like, yeah, okay. Yes, they named the building after her yep, when she left. that sounds about right. Yeah, this is why I have other hobbies, because I'm never going to be the best teacher in my family, like uh, no matter how good I am. That uh, sounded like a Kimmy mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, the role was taken. So, not, not obviously not that lovely heartwarming story, which I love, but yep. my segue is going to be from horror game to horror story. Oh, yeah. Our third email. Kimmy and the Happy Jacks family. Hey, it's James. James from NJ on Discord. Uh, that didn't flow real well, so I'm gonna read. I'm gonna take another take here. Ready? James from NJ on Discord. Hey, it's James here, and I'm back from a long hiatus when all the Discord reorganization happened, and I'm happy to see the new studio and leadership. This is a story I've been thinking about writing for a while now, and just heard you're running low on email, so I thought it'd be a good time. See everyone be like James. Look at that internal plug right there. That was fantastic. <laughs> About five years or so ago, I decided I wanted to try and attend a Vampire the Masquerade LARP that I found on meetup.com. <sighs> I looked through the options and decided on a Malk who used uh, who used to work for Edison before Ooh. he was embraced and still worked as an adjunct professor at Princeton University. I believe that is Malkavian for those yeah. uh, who are vaguely familiar. I think there's familiar. a cool concept there. there Absolutely. I feel like Malkavian's like a hard thing to jump into on your first LARP. Like, but I mean, he chose it. No, 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 for sure. But like, okay. there's, there's that's like jumping in on hard mode. What I've heard from a lot of people is that there's a pro, and I don't know. I'm sure James did not, but there's something that people call the a fish malk, hmm. which is just someone who is a Malkavian and they're just zany and and whatever, and they're basically oh. playing animaniacs. Yeah, and it's hard to to like find something and make that the broken part of you. Yeah. That is not uh, just, hey, I'm going to be a wild and crazy guy. Yeah, it doesn't sound like that. No, no, no. I'm sure stuff. that's I'm sure that's not this. But but just to, to comment on the like, that's hard mode. Yeah, yeah, totally. I went for a few sessions and the storytellers were trying to help me get a bit involved in the meta plot of the campaign. I don't remember the details, but it was something involving the death of someone from the university and they put a dead body in my lab or something. Okay. Uh, in the game, let's hope. Since yeah. themes seem to be going well, I invited my wife and a few friends, and they all, uh, for, uh, and a few friends for them to all make their own characters and come with me to join for a night and try it out as well. One of them, we'll call him Jay, okay. had apparently done some vampire LARP in the past, but the others were all first time players. That session was the one where everything went wrong. I'm so sorry. Immediately, my wife and the other woman, Alyssa, who came with us, were swept up by an all male storytellers. Ooh bringing them into the storyline and completely ignoring the two guys and myself, leaving us with the powerful and old vamps who seem to be playing just for the power trip. Yeah. To emphasize awesome. this point, Jay had made a gangrel character to play, and these power tripping players thought it was fun to basically force him into frenzy where he had no choice but to attack them. The fight was over in one round as the aggressors had multiple dots in celerity and killed Jay before he could even do anything. Cool. Aww. Good times. That's a great way. Thanks, to... thanks for inviting us to your game. This yeah. is awesome. It's and a great fun. way to grow, grow the hobby is just slaughter the brand new people. Immediately. While all this was going on, the other male, Matt, and I were basically ignored and made fun of by this, quote, elder vampires, even when we tried to interact with him. When they did interact with us, they were making fun of my costume, a lab coat and goggles, and just generally being assholes. 
It came to a head when one of the guys just pushed my last button and I told him to shut the F up. Yep. Thank you. I'm glad you did. Yes. yes. It usually takes a lot to get a rise out of me, so at this point I'm shaking and just done with it all and just continually shut them down. Luckily, my wife and our friend happened to be back in the main room when this happened, and she immediately noticed how upset I was and, uh, and got me and Matt out of the room to discuss. After comparing notes, Matt, Alyssa, and my wife, uh, my wife and myself, all decided we had enough of this and we were planning to leave. Jay decided to try and stay as he was making a new character who might survive more than 30 minutes. Oh. The night had a good end, though, as we ended up calling another friend who didn't join us at the LARP, and we all went back to his house and managed to salvage the night. We drank and laughed and watched Kindergarten Cop, rewinding the It's Not a Tuma part way too many times. Sometimes I look back on that night and think maybe the people weren't just assholes who still enjoyed the power trip and just very much in their characters and just Vampire LARP isn't for me, but it's still a story and a night that I will never forget. Always keep jacking. James from NJ. Cheers. Huzzah. Oh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. This is honestly what keeps me from trying LARPs. Uh-huh. Is, and honestly, like, there's a vampire LARP, um, like, at our local con that's made up of most people I know. Yeah. Like, I know, like, 70% of the people there. Yep. But especially, like, as a femi-presenting person, as someone who, like did run fair for a lot of years knows how to like be in character and be in person like it's still like like this should be my wheelhouse in a costumer like this should be a thing that is like my wheelhouse and it's just like something that i just like because of stories like this i just like have very little interest in trying it yeah uh, well let me clear up one thing for you james um they were assholes yeah absolutely um, there was like as soon as you said they made fun of your costume. Yeah, that's a player choice. Like you did your best and made a costume to this new LARP, right? Right. You're brand new. That's not something you know. Like if you're role playing a character who's a dick, one that's a choice you made. You decided that your character is a dick because you wanted an excuse to be a dick to people. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it's not with a bunch of people you know, and it's not in a the right environment, then it's just you being a dick. Yeah. And particularly making fun of someone's costume is making fun of their out of character choices because they did the best they could and, and wore this costume to stand up and play pretend with you. Yeah. Well, and also if you've been doing any hobby, LARP included for a long period of time, you're going to have developed all of the right tools and all of the right gear and all the right equipment. And to make fun of someone who's just trying this out is is a total dick maneuver. Like there, there's no excuse to be like, oh, you didn't drop three grand on a velvet frock coat. <laughs> you know, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I just wanted to try this out and this fits my character concept. Like right. it's a very visually distinct that everyone is going to know, oh, he's some sort of a scientist, which honestly, that's super helpful because yeah. I've tried vampire lot a couple of times. And frankly, Everyone's walking around like a reject from a Trent Reznor video, yeah. and you don't know who the fuck anybody is. Yeah. So, wow. so it's really hard to like interact with anyone because you don't know what's going on. Right? You know, well, I, I honestly I applaud that costume because that tells me something about uh, who you are right off the bat. Well, and thank goodness they didn't spend three grand on a coat because they died in the first half hour. Right, like, right. can you imagine? Like, I would be so upset. Like, I, I think that's the thing too. It's like I don't understand how that's supposed to work. Like, 
And I know there's some LARPs that have great like rules in place for that, for like bringing in new characters and making sure it still seems balanced, that, that they're included and they're not like, this is like bullying. It's absolutely yeah. bullying. Like, like, but if you get in a group with these high level people who are only more powerful than you because they've been doing this longer, right. not because they're like better at it. And then they just decide to like ruin your night for no reason. Like, oh, especially in vampire where you can be like, well, I'm offended. I'm going to murder you because we're all vampires. It's right. Like... Well, and especially a brand new player. Like yeah. one of the things that is a constant, I mean, it's less so now, but one of the things that is always a challenge with RPGs mm -hmm. and LARP 2 for the same reason is making sure you have enough people who want to continue to be interested in this thing. And if you treat people poorly then not only are they not going to play, so you're losing out on them, they're also going to badmouth it to other people, maybe not on a podcast about, about you know, whatever, but they're going to go, oh, yeah, I tried LARP one time and it totally sucked. I wouldn't waste my time on that. Mm -hmm. right. And all you're doing is hurting more people and preventing them from getting involved in something that you're obviously very excited about if you're scheduling one night a month or one night a week or however often you play to go get dressed up and inhabit these characters who you really want to inhabit. That isn't, you know, you need to have some entry level stuff or at the very least, because I've played characters in an, in an RPG that were, that were kind of a dick, mm -hmm. it, but I was very clear to all of the players ahead of time. This is, this character is gruff and right. doesn't get along with people. And that is who he is. I myself I love you. I think you're great. Yeah. And I will. And, and if at any time I take it, I step over the line, you tell me if yeah. these people were really interested in, in playing their character quote, they should have taken a moment to put their thumbs on their foreheads and say, yeah. look out of character. I really want you to have a good time. Unfortunately, the character that I'm playing is a 3000 year old dickhead. Yeah. And, and he's going to make girls. Right. And, and he's going to make fun of you for that reason. But just let me know if it gets to be too much or yeah. let me see how I can help you maybe introduce you to some other people that you can play with. Yeah. Not, and the fact that it went to killing the gangrel character is wild to me. Yeah. That, like, that is literally telling someone you're not welcome here. Yeah. Like, we killed your character because we can. Yeah. It's a, it's a power trip. And honestly, like... Like, if I was going to do a LARP, I don't think I'd do a vampire LARP because of this. Yeah. yeah. Because it tends to... And I honestly, I don't play Vampire the Masquerade with people I don't know because of this, too. I try to... Vampire is a very tricky one to get right, and it attracts a certain kind of people, un unfortunately. Right. And there's a power-hungry slash sexual element to a lot of times. Yes. And, it's, and so, it like... I don't feel comfortable dressing up in a what? What did you call it? What were the outfits? A reject oh. from a Trent Reznor <laughs> yeah. video, which will live forever, rent free in my mind. Ever. Like such a perfect description. Like, like because that is a hundred percent the outfit I would put together. Here's the thing: I just want to say to people, everyone who sees me on video, and most people who know me, I am. I'm generally very friendly, but what they don't know is that I went through an incredibly snarky, shitty period, and that person still lives in the back of my head who's <laughs> a judgmental prick, and every once in a while I let him out, and people are usually shocked, because I don't think I Jason it. has ever heard me. I've, I've heard a little okay. edge of it. Okay. Yeah. Personally, I am delighted yeah. when it happens, yeah. I have a very snarky, like, dry wit that I I am quite bitchy, but... Uh, I'm it, not. <laughs> He's chasing uh, sweetness of life. Yeah, Jason's never done anything wrong in his life I'm ever. Goddamn delight! We know let me this, tell and, and we love we you. We love me. Yeah, I 
I like to think of myself like a good cider, like a little bit dry, a li- like sweet, a but also bite. there's a little bite to it, like all together. <laughs> good. Yeah, it has a surprisingly high alcohol content, at least you're a cheap version that you buy at 7-Eleven. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, that was, a, that was a nice little metaphor that I like went way too far on. But um, Or was it the perfect amount? Perfect, perfect metaphor. Yeah. Okay. But, just like cider. Yeah, just like cider. But there is that weird thing, especially, and there's some safety from that when you're playing at an RPG table. Mm-hmm. You're rolling dice, you're dressed in your normal, like whatever you're wearing, your Happy Jack shirt, whatever it is. And you're at a table. If someone starts getting weird, you can just like pull away from that. Like there's that like physical aspect when people are acting in a LARP. Same thing that happens at Ren Fair sometimes that you're like literally like right next to each other. You're supposed to be acting in character. You're supposed yeah. to sometimes be touching and talking to each other. And it sounds like LARPs like this, like don't have the safety tools in place or. Well, I don't think they would want commu- them. Well, no, exactly. Yeah. Like they specifically are designed to be these power trips and and it's very it's very common for like oh these two women are coming over here and oh we're going to kill off the their you know their guy partners yeah. and so that we can like play role play with these women whatever we want and then you know the guys have to go and um also I, that's kind of creepy as fuck it, it is when you like creepy swoop as down fuck. swoop down on on the yeah. presumably preferred you know yeah gender and and sequester them off from the people who who they came with like that honestly i was sort of waiting for that to be part of the the horror story as well i just think like if i were hosting this event i would be like oh new people let's get them in and having fun together and and have a great time and show them how fun this can be and have them come back next time and the next time and, and grow this and then, you know, things can get spicy because we all know each other. And it, then if it gets a little fighty or whatever, then that's OK. That's part of the story. But on, on day one, it's fucking arbitrary. Yes. And especially like they must know that those that those guys were going to be like that because they didn't just well, they might have just turned into that that night, but probably not. Yeah. So to knowingly leave them there. Yeah. Hey, 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 sheep, here are the wolves. Yeah, basically. Yep. Um, someone in the chat, I'm not gonna say their name because I don't know if they want like this on sure. the podcast. Um, says, Yep, New York, uh, New York City LARP scene is hemorrhaging players now because of the bullies. And the bullies are now offended that nobody wants to game with them anymore. Yeah. Oh. Well, guess what? If you're a Stop dickhead, kidding. people don't want to play with you. That's not getting canceled. That's you there are consequences to your actions. Right. <laughs> you, you fucked around, you're yeah. finding out. Yeah. yeah. Also, no one wants to work anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also part of it, Vampire the Masquerade, while also like having these sexual undertones and these power dynamics, like is supposed to be played in the real world. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these like systemic privileges and things like that, which is something else they're talking in chat too, where in addition to what like the pr- privileges that actually exist in the world, the world of the masquerade has privilege. Like, sure. All these different things. So you get to be the rich asshole, you know, Ventru prick who like can buy anything. So, you know, you take that on as a character. So you treat other people badly because it makes you feel cool in a LARP. And then it's it, it's just it's compounding on all these terrible things where if you have a good group and you have good safety tools in place, 
and it's people you trust and they have a good way of welcoming in new people can be fun. Yeah, you could totally explore those themes and yeah. have a good time and do all that. I'm not saying Vampire is an inherently bad game. I am. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I for, I for a LARP, it is a dangerous subject. Yeah, like I went to a few instances of a Vampire LARP. I didn't have a great time. I It wasn't creepy for me, but I'm... I'm also not the primary target of creepiness so that's whatever but um you know it was hard to get included everyone was like a million levels higher than me coming in they had no reason to include me in anything there was no no way for me to contribute Mm -hmm. um and but i thought okay maybe i just don't like vampire that much i went to a mage larp that was they were much nicer i drove up to um not san jose uh it's like an hour. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Thank you. I drove to Santa Barbara once a month for several months to try out this group. And I, I liked them. But then I was like, oh, this is too much hassle to drive yeah. to. Um, I tried. There's a really big LARP organization in L.A. that I, I went to. And I'm not going to name. But I just didn't have a good time. Um, part of it, too, was when I sit down to play a game... I often want to play somebody who doesn't look like me. Mm-hmm. And at a LARP, that I feel really restricted by what I personally mm. look like, what costume I can physically put together. Um, and this really came into focus for me one time when I was having a conversation with somebody at the LARP who um, physically looked like a like six foot four, um, pretty beefy dude, right? And and outside the LARP was masculine presenting, and that, that was his, right? That's who he was. Um, but as I was having a conversation with him, he repeatedly tapped the, like, post-it or something that he had that, like, I'm a 14-year-old girl or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, that, I don't think that's inherently creepy. It was just, I had, there was cognitive dissonance where if we were sitting at a table and he was playing a character who was a, a younger kid, like, sure, yes, I can... Yeah, we can do that. Like you're mm-hmm. you're playing a younger kid. When we play masks, we all you know that's great. But how would you LARP masks? Well, and I like the fact that they had that there. Like as someone who's done a lot of like acting and role playing and and like and like like improv type role playing um, in person, I feel like that would be really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and again, like I don't think yeah. he was being a creep. No, no, no. It just took me out of it so much yeah and that's definitely that, like a it, it's something that you can do or, do or either you can want to do it and not be able to do it some people can do it really easily some people can't um and, but the fact that at least they have that option so that right. seems like that's a better larp like so many oh, yeah, yeah 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 that's a, that's a great tool i'm just pointing out that they there are good larps we're <laughs> please don't take this as like no larps are good and that no vampire larps are good but like it is also a, an environment that is rife for abuse. There were a couple years ago, there was a big LARP that was out in Riverside, actually. And um, like it came out that like one of the um, the people running it, he he was kicked out of the LARP and stuff. But like he was abusing women and he was using the LARP as an excuse. And then when people were camping out there for the weekend for the LARP, he was, you know, taking advantage of that and stuff like that. So it, it is an environment where abusers can use things if if there's not safety tools in place and there's not very clear boundaries in place they can use people wanting to participate in that as a means to you know their advantage abusers can 
join the masquerade as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Um, I, I had almost the exact opposite experience in one of the vampire LARPs that I tried is there was a five foot seven guy and he had a note and like took took a moment to even say this outside of character like the character i'm playing is an eight foot androgynous uh gargoyle so it would be like and i was playing someone who was essentially just a mortal who was getting inducted into this society and so i had to you know i kept trying to play up that i was looking up at this yeah at this stone stone monster rather than down at this person uh who was playing them yeah yeah, and it, that part of the story purely for me was that's why I have trouble getting into LARPs. That yeah. was not meant to be a like oh, no. yeah, criticism yeah. of LARPs in general. That was just my personal disconnect. The first part, I have trouble plugging into Vampire, period. Yeah. But, uh, so do I. And also, I just want to say this because I have a problem with almost every Vampire LARPer. And the problem is the conceit of your game is that you're supposed to be blending in with the people who are around you and it's supposed to be played in public. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. And I get that. But a lot of times when people are playing in public, they're dressed in, as I have previously said, rejects from a Trent Reznor video in the middle of, in my case, this was downtown Santa Cruz, which means they all stood out like sore thumbs and completely broke the masquerade and broke the basic concept of what they did. And if I had gotten into it, I had the idea that I was going to make a character who showed up in a Hawaiian shirt and shorts all the time because because that was one who was actually blending in with the people who were were around there for the masquerade. Yeah. Yeah. I would fail that. I would have like the most like... Oh my gosh! Well, okay. Goth, trench coat, yeah. I don't know about uh, goth, but like, of course, it would be involved some sort of like amazing tapestry. I would like, and I, I love all that yeah. stuff. I think that's great. <laughs> I just think that like that works if you're playing in the in the concert hall you rented or yeah, the you yeah, know yeah. The, the VFW or whatever. It doesn't work when you're out on the street, except for very certain types of areas. I don't think I'd be brave enough to do that. I think I got hired by Renfair too many times to go out into like public venues and like. Mm, like you know county, county fairs in Renfair garb and like i was actually at strategicon one of my first times at strategicon was before i joined happy jacks we hadn't even started happy jacks yet um the fair paid me to go to strategicon and hand out flyers in my Renfair garb oh for the Renfair, <laughs> for the Renfair. yeah oh. like hey go to fair because Hey, if you like RPGs, you should come, you to, should come to the Red Fair. Fair. Yeah, and it was super awkward because I was teaching preschool at the time, and one of the dads of one of my preschool oh, kids was there, and I'm like, horse. in my bodice, and like my boobs are like at my chin. I'm like, hello. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm glad I didn't call you to babysit this weekend because obviously you're busy. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Would you like a flyer? He was super cool, and he was a total nerd. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's just like that. That. Role playing in public now just like gets me like oh, uh, yeah. it's awkward. Yeah. Oh, we had to do it at the Getty too. Oh, that was oh, super no. awkward. We went to the Getty and we had to like sing some songs because they were doing like a Renaissance painting thing. So they hired. Oh. So that was that yeah. was awkward. That was so awkward. Oh, so yeah, honestly, that seems less awkward because you were there as a performer to me. Like, like kind of. And, and I know that you were hired by the Ren Fair to do that as yeah. well, but that's also just like. Hello, random person who wanted to enjoy your own hobby this weekend. Yeah. Forsooth, take this flyer and come see me at the Ren Fair. I don't know. I was like, hey, you should come to the Like, I totally, like, some people did the voices. I was not one of those. I was much more successful when I did not do the voices. Mm, I was right. like, hey, this is super fun. We sing about drinking. It's cool. Like, 
people cry, and they didn't care. Let's rent for people. But I think that was the more awkward thing, because like at the Getty, they wanted us to be in Renaissance character. Um. So I was like, I was there like putting cloves in an orange, like it was like hundreds of years ago, which is fine. That's what I do at fair too. But like, it was just odd. Like at least when you're handing someone a flyer, you know, the interaction is like 30 seconds long maximum. Why are you putting cloves in an orange? Uh, you dry it and it's like, well, at the time they thought it was a way to keep away the plague. Oh and yeah. stuff yeah, like that. Solid, Ple yeah. Pleasant smells. Yeah, but yeah. it actually is a really great, like you, you let, then let it dry and it's actually a really great, like- um, It's like a potpourri. Yeah, potpourri Aromatic. Thing. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, and it just is probably cures COVID. <laughs> Happy Jack said, you would like to be clear that putting cloves in oranges does not cure COVID. <laughs> but not is... unless you shove them in a place in your body. <laughs> but yeah, oh no, not even then. That's that's up for you to yeah. determine. But Nick means a... your butt. Yeah. <laughs> but I do a... mean your butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is true. But it's a great fidget activity if you have nothing to do and you can make cool patterns. Putting orange. Oh, the putting the it in the orange. Yeah, oh, no. I thought you meant what Nick wow. was suggesting. Wow. No. That... Well, that could be a great leisure really activity different. too. I don't judge. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's a great time. <laughs> Wait a... You're Wait a... welcome, America. Way to end it, as it were, with orange in the butt. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, I put my thing away. Uh, for season 30, episode 18. Uh, thank you so much to our chat mod, James V, and our amazing yeah. Patreons who keep us ad-free and independent. Thank uh, you. My name is Kimmy. You can find me here every Friday. I'm also here right now on Wednesday nights playing in Hexbreakers, our Kids on Brooms uh, actual play. And it's so much fun. It's so great. And that's run by Emily. And it's kind of like an anti-Hogwarts JKR, like mm. pro-trans show. And it's so much fun. I always hear uh, Kids on Brooms in my head as... Uh, Girls on film. Yep. <laughs> Kids on brooms. Yep. I feel like it's a different game. Probably, but but I'm just saying that's it's the right. We should make that. Yeah. It's the right scanning. It's the perfect scan. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I'm Jason. You can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at It's Probably Okay. I stream on my channel Wednesdays and Fridays, and I'm um, GMing a game here on Saturday nights, Tomorrow. six, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time, uh, with Nick. Nick has to be here as well. Um, and we're using the Quest RPG, which is kind of a stripped down D20 system, very simplified, but a lot of tools to tell a fun story. So um, it's, uh, I think everyone at the table, it's our first time playing Quest. So yep. it's a, a fun experiment. If you're curious about how the game works, we go through some of the process a little bit. And I am actually following the rules of the game. It's just there were like eight rules. Mm -hmm. Right. So. If if you can imagine, I'm playing rules as written. They just only wrote eight rules, so it's. I love that. That's so good. I can actually do it. <laughs> What's uh, it? it's at uh, questrpg. It's adventure. Game. Oh, adventure. Game. Yeah, which you can check it out. The art on it is beautiful. Mm. I highly recommend just taking a quick peruse through, even if it's not your cup oh, of tea. And the but... main book PDF is free. Yeah, you, you could just download it and then pay for it if you want to, but that's it's like built into their system. So yeah, um, yeah, check it out. Hey everyone, uh, I am Nick. As you've heard, I'm on the Saturday show Castaways. So if you are so inclined, cast please offs. Ca cast offs. Yes, yeah, that's that's what I said. Yep. Uh, we'll fix it in post. Yep. Um, boy, that just derailed my entire train of thought. So, uh, so I'm on that show, and uh, I'm not going to speak anymore. Oh, no. Bye. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. All right. Uh, that's okay. I talk a lot anyway. 
Uh, tonight, we are going to leave you with a song. We're going to leave you with a cover of Laser Printed Hero. Um, and it is by the Mary Sues. And it has what I think is my best guitar playing to date. I'm very proud of it. Yes, I play guitar. Don't at me. And uh, yes, yeah, so you can check that out. And we will see you next week. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. She looks upon the landscape of this ancient battlefield. She looks upon the horrors that curiosity reveals. That endless goblin army full of avarice and vice. She gently calms her battle steed as she reaches. show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sues performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts. <laughs>